The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and Brett King. Monday, 18 October 2010, and it's time for episode 88 of The Boys of Tech. There are two hosts, I'm one of them, I'm Edwin Herman, and the other one is Brett King, who joins us over Skype as usual. Welcome, Brett. Howdy. Brett, it's, you know, it's one of these weeks where it's been pretty quiet in tech, uh, and, but last week we had a bit of a bumper episode, so this kind of mm. averages out as, you know, so this yeah. will be a, a rather short episode. Are you up for that? I'm up for that. Good, good. And... When you sneak out of the studio, just go round the back door so that the uh, the booing crowd, you know, who are booing at the short episode, don't nab you. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'll make sure. I'll make sure that happens. Good, good. I'll, I'll organise the decoy to... cars out the front. Excellent. Right. You go in the the new limo, and it'll be the old limo that they think you'll be in because that's the one we usually <laughs> use. Yep. All right. Okay. So, so actually, speaking of limos, a story that's not quite that, but. Closely related, it's the best segue I can do, and that is the Google self-drive car. Uh, now, Brett, tell, can you tell us about this car? What's what's people have been talking about this? What is it? Yeah, well, it's it's a Toyota Prius that has been fitted up with some Google-developed software and hardware to make it basically drive itself. No user. How does it do that? How does it know where the edge of the road is? I haven't seen any details specific to the vehicle in question, but if it's anything like the other auto drive or driver assist technologies that have been developed and trialed by BMW and Mercedes, it will have a whole heap of cameras and radar range finding sensors around it to detect oncoming traffic, traffic around it and its location on the road. You'd really want to make sure there are no bugs in this thing, eh? Oh, precisely. Precisely. That's the one thing that uh, I think everyone, you know, the thing is, you've got self-drive planes, you've got self-drive trains, but those things are pretty much in their own space. They've got their own air corridor in the case of planes. On trains, they've got their own piece of track that's uh, isolated. Exactly. They are perfectly controlled through fares. And the roads and byways of our world are not anything like that. So... I'm sure in California, where everybody obeys the speed limit and the road rules, having an auto-drive car would be perfectly fine. You know, if if you feel like taking the human out of the uh, equation and trusting everything to software and hardware, and I'm sure that'll work out fine. I I remember a um, quite a popular YouTube video a little while back when... uh, I think it was BMW or Mercedes were demonstrating their new driver assist feature, which was a thing which applied the brakes when the car detected that it was getting too close to an oncoming car or, you know, a car in front. And it was quite a cool video of it completely failing and the car plowing into the stationary vehicle in front of it (laughs) because it didn't apply the brakes at all. So, yeah, this, this stuff never fails. And just as you said, with trains and with airplanes, because they don't have people at the controls at all, do they? No. 
Oh, wait. No, wait, no, they, they do. No, don't they? Oh, they, the planes do, yes. Yeah, <laughs> the planes do. Planes and planes and trains, they've, no, they've no, generally got somebody there. No, the trains don't. The self-drive trains don't. I've not seen any sort of long-haul train. Uh, yeah, I haven't been just, long-haul, but look, I've been on Docklands Light Rail in, in London, mm-hmm. and there is no one sitting at the front. Really? Yeah, no one at all. In fact, I went right to the front because that's what I was told. Best spot, obviously, right at the front. I yeah. was the driver. Well, I wasn't, but I was where the driver <laughs> would be. And it was- well, I am sure if somewhere in that system for the Docklands Light Rail, there will be a person who can go, wait a minute, that train, not quite doing what it should do. I'm going to push this button here. Oh, yeah, I think there there is. There is. But they're not actually... Somewhere there is a person yeah, in probably. that system. I think, I think there is. <laughs> there will always need to be a person in that system. Because as we know, there is no such thing as a perfectly flawless piece of software or hardware. How would you rather uh, develop this self-drive car? Microsoft, Google, or Apple? Oh, well... With Apple, it would look brilliant. The car would be absolutely sexy, and you would want to be in it. The user interface would be perfect, and when it rear-ended people, it would be a feature, not a flaw. (laughs) Oh, you're 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 good. Yeah, carry on. If Microsoft designed and developed the car, let's see, what would it be? You wouldn't be able to use it on a Tuesday evening because that's when the patches would be applied. (laughs) And what else? You'd have difficulty using anybody else's stuff inside it, so you'd have to wear Microsoft-branded clothes to get in. (laughs) Yeah. And don't don't forget, you'd have to pay... Per seat, every you know you have every oh, every precise. journey and every by number of people. Precisely because it's not your car; you're only licensing it for That's that. That's right, yeah. So yes, <laughs> you would have to pay a licensing fee to get into your car and have a seat, and you'd have to pay a separate licensing fee for every member of your family to use it, and, and, and you'd have to do that on a per trip basis, possibly per mile. And can I use a, a really good pun right now? It's it's the obvious one. It would crash from time to time. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Now, where does that leave Google then? Where where does that leave Google? Well, yes. Well, Google's got its uh, hit and miss reputation with its different developments. So we could see the car being something which had a lot of development time, a lot of research put into it, and then scrapped. But if it worked, it would never. It wouldn't be a bad car. It would be always. It would always self drive reasonably well, right? (laughs) That's fair to say, isn't it? For the, well, pro- for, the, for the products that Google don't scrap, you know, that keep, they keep going, like their yeah. browser, like yeah. their search yeah. engine, like their advertising service, uh, they, they work well. Well, precisely, precisely. And you would just have to put up with the fact that your car would tell Google Maps everywhere it was. Well, there is that, isn't there? Phone home. <laughs> Phone to exactly. Google. Exactly. Yeah, you'd have to put up with the fact that when somebody searched on Google Maps and went to Google Street View, they'd be able to see your car. Yeah, that too. And don't forget also, as you're driving past the Starbucks, the, in fact, it'll apply the brake saying, are you sure you don't want a coffee right now? Are you really sure? Because Starbucks is right over there. Targeted advertising. That's Just right. as you drive past the 7-Eleven, the 7-Eleven thing will come up going, you feel yeah. like a slushy right now. It'll slow you right down. You know, slow you down <laughs> saying, you know, you've got time to stop if you want. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I've got to apologize to the Americans. That was my American accent, which isn't very it good at all. It was very bad. But it's, 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 say anything? It's, <laughs> it's the best I can do, all right? <laughs> nah, 
you know, sometimes it's quite fun to make fun of the stereotypes of mega corporations. Yeah, but look, listen, I I don't know. Well, let's. I want to see what happens with this car because you know this is so not internet and so far almost. Well, it's still technology. And it's oh, still it's technology. Connected technology. It's yeah, yeah. But it, Google, you know, they, they've everything they've done. Well, I suppose oh, you could say the fo- well, it, even the phone. <laughs> if somebody said a large corporation has been developing a you know, self-drive car, what large corporation would you put your finger on? That wasn't a car manufacturer. Oh, that wasn't a car manufacturer. Yeah, that wasn't a car manufacturer. Well, maybe Google. Google are the guys who do random stuff. But maybe Segway. Well, you know, no, I don't think so. They've got their market. They've got their, their thing. Well, maybe an aircraft manufacturer. <laughs> I don't know. You've already got one of those that makes cars. Uh, Saab. Oh, yes, of course. You're right. <laughs> but yes, the, the Google car being a Toyota Prius. What I thought was most funny is they've got a picture of an actual car on the internet and the license plate says smug car. Yeah. <laughs> that's a real picture, by the way. Hmm. Yep. So that is the, you know, the car. So anyway, that's the Google self-drive car. Did you get in one? I'm not sure what, I would. I'm not sure I, I would trust a car that um, I could go. Do you, have an over- would you, right do you have an override? Can you apply the brakes? Surely you can, right? <laughs> that's That's the thing. Can you apply the brakes? You must be able the only to. Way, the only way self-drive cars will work is if everybody uses them. If everybody uses them so that they're all driving appropriately and within the rules that are built into their software, then they can well predict what's going to happen. Yeah, but there's more. There's, there's, pedestrians, the there's pedestrians, cyclists. <clears throat> well, pedestrians will just have to make sure they cross at the pedestrian crossing when the little man is green. Because when the little man is flashing red, and as soon as he goes red and the light changes, those cars are going to run you over. <laughs> you got motorbikes? Oh, then you're not going to be able to have motorbikes. They'll have to be self-drive motorbikes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, in other words, cars. <laughs> On two wheels? Yeah, man. they'll be a car as well. It'll be the end of motorbikes. End of motorbikes, end of, right. okay. uh, Independent cars. You wouldn't be able to drive your car because you couldn't, you wouldn't want to get into a self-drive car that you couldn't override or do anything like that in. Though you probably can't override it. That'd be ridiculous to, to not. I'm sure there'd be a law against having a completely robotic on the road with no person able to take control in an emergency. But yeah, yeah, it'd be the end of all things that weren't a self-drive car and weren't following the same rules. Because you couldn't have a self-drive car made by Google which follow, which had rules of it must be this distance and this distance and this distance. And then a self-drive car made by a different manufacturer that had different distances because if the cars were assuming that other cars had certain distances and certain stopping ranges, then, yeah, everything would fall apart. And you start having self-drive pile-ups. Well, would I get in one? I, I don't know. I think if I could override it and if I could – yeah, I think if I could override it, then I'd, I'd get in it. Because yeah, what yeah. I would do is I'd pretend I'm driving, right? Mm-hmm. And the moment it starts doing something that's a little bit more dangerous than I would normally do, I might then start – you know, taming it back a bit with with the brake or steering yeah, or something. Yeah, but the, the the thing with this is, for our generation, that could well be possible. You know, because we've learned to drive, we know how to drive. But think of the next generation of drivers who don't have to learn to drive because they've got a car that drives itself. 
they've bought a car and it drives itself. Maybe they're everywhere is cars that drive themselves. You've then got a generation of people who don't know how to control a vehicle, who wouldn't know what to do in an emergency situation, who wouldn't be able to take control of the car. Yeah, there is that, isn't there? That, that's, yeah. that's, I think, it's like when yeah. you're thinking about it for our generation, we know how to control a car. We know that, oh, wait a minute, there's no way if we don't apply the brakes hard right now, we're going to stop and not hit that car in front of us. So we're going to apply the brakes hard. If something fails in the car and you've got a person who never learned how to drive because the cars have always been auto drive, then... You know, you, you're, you're quite right. I mean, you make a, a good point. And the, the a direct analogy in what's happened already is right now we have calculators so people don't know how to use slide rules, okay? So yep. if you have a slide rule, if you're suddenly handed a slide rule, you don't know how to use it. There's a few people now, probably some of you listening to our podcast know how to use a slide rule, and that's great. But particularly the younger ones and, you know, the upcoming generation will have no idea how to use a slide rule. Oh, yeah, rule. they won't even know what you, you mean when you say slide rule. In fact, yeah. In fact, people right now might be listening to us going, what is a slide rule? They'll well, be going, is that the one where you're not allowed to get on the water slide while you can still see the other person ahead of you on the water side? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's that the slide, slide rule. <laughs> that's the slide rule. No. <laughs> uh, I'm sure they can Google slide rule. But, uh, you know, one, here's one thing, though, that I, you don't want to do with this car. You don't want to program it to go from Melbourne to Melbourne Airport because it'll drive you into the ocean. Yeah, yeah. It'll, remember remember it'll that? turn itself into a canoe. Yeah, that's but right. But then, once again, it being a Google-developed product, it would not surprise me if when it got to the water's edge, it inflated and drove across like a hover car. <laughs> that would be cool. That would be cool. Hey, <laughs> It'd just be a very long trip and you'd lose wireless access, so it'd lose its ability to upload and get current traffic data <laughs> off the internet. Yeah, but it's more and than that, so Brett. You'd end up in Japan. You'd end up in Melbourne Airport in Japan. So not only would it be a long journey, but you'd be going to the wrong place. <laughs> so in, in case anyone has no idea what we're talking about, if you go to Google Maps and type in from Melbourne to Melbourne Airport, uh, you'd expect to go travel a short distance somewhere in Australia. You actually end up going, and we I think we talked about this on this podcast many, many episodes ago, you actually end up going from Melbourne in Australia all the way across the Pacific Ocean, which you're supposed to kayak across according to Google Maps, and end up in Melbourne Airport in Japan. So go figure. So that's what we're referring to. <laughs> yeah. And that's true. Yeah, if you don't believe fun. me, try it right now. It still works. I tried it the other day. <laughs> Still works. They haven't removed that gaff, or if it's a uh, if it's a mistake, they haven't fixed it. Mm-hmm. And there's one other thing, which is I see as a thing about the auto drive car, and that is that a lot of people who drive enjoy the experience of driving. You've got to factor into the fact that some people just like to drive, get in their car, get take control. There are people who have vehicles which are even more old school than your everyday Mazda 3 car that you buy today. They're enthusiasts, like aren't they? Yeah. Cars without power steering, cars without ABS, cars where the full control of the vehicle is in the hands of the driver. And yeah, <laughs> that is a true driving enthusiast. And there are a lot of us out there who actually enjoy the experience of driving. Now, I'm saying, not saying there's anything against driver assist technology. I would love to have a warning signal come up to know that there's somebody encroaching too, <laughs> too fast and too close behind me, or to say, you know, in fog, that there's a, a vehicle in front of me that perhaps I can't see because of thick fog. 
Yeah, nothing wrong. Um, yeah, I think that's good stuff, actually. Driver assist technology is absolutely brilliant, and I would love to see the technology, the software, and the hardware that are being developed for this auto drive car become standard as driver assist technology. But I'm one of the people who just doesn't want to see it take away from the driving experience. You know, I think before we see fully auto drive cars on uncontrolled in an uncontrolled environment, which is what our roads are. I think before before we see that, what we will see is uh, a great lot of development in self-drive vehicles that are in controlled environments, like what I said, planes and trains. Yeah. Uh, and, oh no, I was going to say trams, but often those are mixed in with traffic, so that's not a Inner good example. city commutes and moves. Yeah, that kind of thing. Monorail, the monorail, for example, in, in Sydney and other places, that kind of yep. thing. Now, yeah. should we leave the story and move on? We've got a, a couple of stories to do after this. We've got, Indeed. We want to talk about the hackers Chinese hackers that managed to steal South Korean defense documents. Mm. So and how did they do it, Ed? How did they do it? What did they use? What insidious method did they use to get these documents? You mean which piece of technology? No. Yes. Well, actually, they <laughs> used email. This is what they did. They used emails simply pretending to be someone from Seoul and it's a Seoul <gasps> official. That's all they Social did. engineering? Social engineering. You mean engineering. It, it was the person who was the weak link? Ah, yeah. Who's been saying this all along? <laughs> you did right. Yeah, you're spot on, Brad. And this is exactly what they did. They sent these fake emails, purporting to be someone from, uh, you know, from South Korea, an official from South Korea. And mm-hmm. in that email, there were some items that looked like the schedule of, uh, you know, the North Korean uh, leader Kim Jong uh, about his trip to China and things like that. And in those attachments to those emails, there was some malware that installed itself. That's how they did it. And you are dead right, Brad. The weak link here was the person. There was obviously someone in South Korea and some government department that received that those emails and actually opened them up and fell for it. Yeah, yeah. Does make you wonder. I'm actually a little surprised, really, to tell you the truth. Maybe I'm naive, but I, I'm actually a little surprised. Yeah. <laughs> I would have thought they would have had some better filtering software or something in there on their yeah. email system to detect that it had been a spoofed email address. Yeah, you'd think something, yeah. Or or something wasn't matching up, that it said it was an email from this person, however it was routing through all of these different routers which were not where that official came from. Yeah, it's a bit of a worry, isn't it? Mm. In fact, actually, speaking of uh, social engineering, I kid you not, but about two minutes ago, someone on Skype just sent me this. They want to add me to, to their contact list. What's up? It says, I was browsing the directory and noticed your profile and thought you seemed cool. Well, yeah, thank you. I, I am cool. But uh, uh, do I want to add them or not, Brett? Who, who is this person? Oh, exactly. <laughs> I, I have no idea. This honestly just came up as we were, were talking. It's, it's kind of freaky. Well, what should I do? Uh, I reckon you should add them and after the show you should have a chat. You're not serious, are you? Well, no, you could have some fun. They can't send any malware. Well, they can send them malware, but they... Yeah, you have uh, to click uh, on yeah, it. Yeah, you have to accept it. See, in these sorts of situations... Hey, we, I'll tell you I, what, I, let's talk to them on the show right now, see if they're online. <laughs> hey, they, they, this, is, this is live. This is a live show. Let's do it. Let's do it. Right, I'll give them a call. Here we go. This is probably some, some dodgy... I don't know what, scam or porn or something, but let, let's see what this person has to say. <laughs> They've got an interesting picture. They don't want to talk to us, do they? No, they don't. They're refusing to talk. They, they're sending me messages saying check out some URL, which I'm not going to do. But they do not want to say anything. 
They have no idea. Who's taking who for a ride here? <laughs> right, obviously they don't want to talk to us. That's fine. It's, uh, but look, that, that's an example of what we're talking about, social engineering. This is happening right now. Someone has, they've sent me what you can't see. Let me just describe that again. What, for those of you listening on the, uh, on the podcast, what you can't see is that they've sent me some messages and they read, I'm not happy with Skype though. Want to see my picture and profile? Question mark. It's like, no, not really, because I know what those images will be of. Then she adds, check it out, and some URL, which I'm not going to go to. And it says, search for JOS01 or something. Uh, yeah, and we're still ringing them, and they still don't want to talk to us, so uh, we'll, yep. we'll get rid of them. Well, they're probably just a, a piece of software. Well, do you think so? Do you think it's, yeah. a, a, you think it's a bot? Oh, it could very well be a bot. Yeah, it could be, actually. You might be right. Oh, well, that was interesting. There was a little exercise there. Social engineering, interesting. They're trying to dupe me. I don't know what would happen if I went to that URL. Maybe there'll be some malware. Maybe it's porn. I don't know. But even if it's porn, there'll probably be some dodgy malware with it. Because why else would you try and get someone to a porn site? It's usually to install some malware. Or to get you to subscribe. Oh, maybe, maybe. But I I think there's bigger money in malware. Yeah, yeah. And then trying to get people to subscribe that way. But who knows? I'm not going to go there. So anyway, on with the show. Last story then, Brett? Yep. Alrighty. Oh, this is a good one. Now, this one is about a celebrity tracking site called Just Spotted, which is about to announce a new service. But Brett, can you t- tell us, just tell us a bit about the story and the background and how, how what this is all about? Well, what it's about is this: the, the people who are launching this site have developed some software to scan the Twitter sphere and Facebook and other social media sites and gather the tweets and you know Facebook status updates and all those different things that say about when people have spotted a celebrity. And they're going to amalgamate all of those bits of information about a celebrity's location and provide it in close to real time on their service, Just Spotted. So you'll be able to go to the service and see almost real time where celebrities and stars happen to be right then. So that's what they're attempting to do. They're attempting to create what is basically a giant celebrity cyber-stalking website. Now, they were, as you said, they were scraping this information from a number of sites, uh, one of them being Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. The news this week, of course, is that Twitter has basically uh, put a stop to it, haven't they? Yeah, Twitter have definitely wanted to distance themselves after Just Spotted had said that they'd been closely collaborating with Twitter for the development of the website. Yeah, I saw that. Well, what is the deal with that? They, they said they've been working for over two years yeah, with for, Twitter. Yeah, for over two years, uh, working in collaboration with Twitter for, the, for Just Spotted for this thing. And Twitter has said, come out saying, no, no, we have not. And then the uh, CEO of Just Spotted has then come back with, no, okay, we... We weren't working with Twitter on the Just Spotted Celebrity Stalking website. We were working with them on the search technology for gathering information off of Twitter. Oh, That's what they've been so, working with. Yeah, sneaky, so it's sneaky. Been, it's, yeah, it's, it's, the, it's JustSpotted.com, basically a lie of a mission to, to bring Twitter into their advertising. Yeah, to make and, them, and as you, you say, know, Twitter add don't... an extra level of sort of legitimacy or... Yeah. to themselves endorsement that kind of thing mm. and Twitter as you say don't want have anything to do with this by the looks yep. of it you know they, yep. they don't they do don't not want to have anything to do with this uh, basically this cyber stalking website and this website is not the first of its kind back in 2006 a service from the the media company Gorka 
created Gorka Stalker maps. And yeah, it did not last very long at all. It got up, basically, it got up the celebrities' noses. I'll quote Jimmy Kimmel from his live television show talking about the site's editor the Gorka Stalker Maps site editor. I would hate to see you arriving in hell and somebody sending a text message saying, guess who's here? Uh, (laughs) And one of the big Hollywood heavyweights, George Clooney, he took significant issue with Gorka Stalker Maps circulating to celebrity publisher saying to basically flood the website with bogus sightings. And yeah, the Gorka Stalker Maps soon after disappeared from the face of the planet. And I basically see this new Just Spotted service doing exactly the same thing. No matter how they like to candy coat it, because they have been attempting to candy coat it being for celebrities to let people know where they were so they could highlight fashion events or or, or, opera showings or other things that the the celebrity was involved with. Yeah, of course. Exactly. It's amalgamating everything that people say in in the... the social media space to provide as close to real time thing and they're trying to candy coat it as being for the benefit of the celebrities whatever (laughs) and try you know completely glossing over the facts of the rather significant negative uses of this product which is what the celebrities have so much of an issue with with these things the picture's been fairly well painted. I mean, we can see what they're doing. They're pretending that Twitter is in cohorts with them when they're not, at least for, not for this project. Mm-hmm. Uh, all they're trying to do is legitimize it and make it, I guess, more appealing to people that, who, who, you know, if you think about it, you know, is it a good idea to have these stalker sites? I don't know. I mean, yeah. on one hand, let me say this. On one hand, you know, if you, if you see someone who's famous and you mention it, out there, I mean, is that, is that a bad thing? I don't know. I no, mean, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with it at all. This falls into one of those gray areas, which is less about legality and more about moral fiber. Sure, I can tweet that I saw George Clooney in a Starbucks. That's fine. And if a cyber stalker of George Clooney wanted to trawl through the entire Twitter space to try and keep tabs of them, then they can do that because it's all public information. But that puts the onus on them to actually do it, and that's part of their intent. This takes away all of that intent, and with a click of a button, they're the cyberstalker knows exactly where they are. Gives them a lot more power, doesn't it? It gives them, it does. A, a, it gives them a lot more we, we keep thinking, we think about celebrities as these public figures. They're public people. You know, They're like our property, but they're not. They're, they're still people. They still have their own personal life. They still have their own private lives. Would you want a website that tracks everywhere you are with your family? I mean, yeah, no, obviously not. And you're right. I think you make a very good point, Brett. These are still people. They still have lives. Mm-hmm. And they and still the welcome their, their privacy. These sorts of yeah. things. If you think about the other people who are celebrities, you've got sports stars. And recently we've had several sports stars who've gotten into, into trouble, which have wound up with quite a lot of furor and a lot of people becoming quite negative towards those those um, celebrities. And imagine a website where you could gather your vigilante justice, <laughs> gather your posse, and with a click, know exactly where that person was. Not a good thing. Absolutely. Take your point. It's not that, it's, I, I, it's, not yeah. that it's illegal because it is just trawling and gathering publicly available information. But it's taking that onus off of the people who would use it negatively. And, yeah. 
Brilliant. I'll take your point. It's just, it's a gray moral area. And sometimes you just have to go, there's nothing legally stopping us, but is it a good idea? Right. On that note, Brett, I think we'll end the show. I, I totally agree. And I, I take your point. Absolutely. All right. That, those are the three stories for this week. As I said, it wasn't much of a week in tech, but we've covered what we can. No point in making up some rubbish to fill in the time. We'll, uh, we'll only give you the good stuff. And uh, when there's nothing to say, we'll shut up because we know when to. So on that note, Brett, thank you very much for co-hosting the show with me. It's been wonderful. Always a pleasure, Ed. And hope to see you again next week. You'll be here next week as per usual, right? Mm-hmm. Good stuff. This was episode 88. Thank you very much for listening to us. See you again next week. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye.